Well, hello, Friday night. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's good to see all of you. Uh, we're, uh, we're in the middle of a series exploring who is God. So let's talk about God a little bit tonight. Uh, if you were wanting us to come up here and talk about, I don't know, stakes, we, you're in the wrong place. We're in church. We're going to talk about God. So uh, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. And then we will pray, and then we'll get started. We're going to read out of John chapter 14. John chapter 14, starting in verse 8. Philip said, Lord, he's speaking to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are here. We're here and we ask that you would, by the power of your Spirit, gather our scattered senses And help us be more present to you who is always present. To you who is speaking. Because that's what we need to hear tonight. We don't need to hear anything that I've got to say. We want to hear from you. We need your word to speak gospel into us tonight. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Do it in us right now and every day until that great resurrection day. Do it, we ask. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak. Your children are listening. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, amen and amen. Uh, Have you ever had to explain something to someone? Like explain... To more specifically, I see Jade down here being like, yes, hold on. Um, Have you had to explain to someone what something is? Of course, we have to do this all the time, of course, but maybe it's something as simple as like you're picking someone up from the airport and you're describing, oh, man, I'm I'm speaking to Jade tonight. Um, I'm spitting at Jade too. Uh, You guys saw that, right? That was a giant fleck. and you're tell, maybe you're picking someone up from the airport, and you're having to describe to them what kind of car you drive. And you're like, okay, look for the gray hatchback. Or if, if somebody doesn't know what a hatchback is, you're having to, at that point, describe to them, like, a, what is a hatchback where you kind of, the back's a little different. Or, and at this point, oh, picture is worth like a thousand words. You're like, the green check mark, that's the one you're looking for. You're not looking, that, that's what a hatchback, somebody in the room just learned what a hatchback is. <laughs> Blessings on you. Um, but... Uh, I've had to do this as we've had kids growing up, uh, these little humans that are growing up in our house. We've, uh, they, uh, there's a phase where you're learning what all the animals are. And so um, at one point, 
uh, it's, you can try to describe what a penguin is to them. What's kind of a bird, I mean, it is a bird, I know that it is, but it's kind of not looking like a bird. It swims, and the, but it's really nice when you're able to go over to Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. We have a membership, it's one of my family's like treats that we love doing. When you can go over to the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo and say, that that strange thing right there is a penguin. Um, it's, it's really nice when you can, when you can show somebody like the Penguins are strange, aren't they? Um, a lot of times we need somebody to help us see or taste, not a penguin, but like if it's a new food. Uh, if you're, if you're eating penguin, I don't know. Keep going. Um, <laughs> most of the time we learn these things very, very early in our lives with these little humans that have been growing up in our house. I remember that just a few years ago, we were explaining to them what water is. And most of us don't remember learning this, but we all did at some point. This splashy stuff, this clear stuff, see how it feels on your hands, it's wet. It's one thing to try to describe it to someone, it's another thing to just, the immediacy of, there it is, there it is. A few days ago, this is my last example, my best one, Um, a few days ago, in our house, my six-year-old was talking all about slinkies, is what, they, what she was talking about. And these exact words came out of my five-year-old's mouth. She said, what's a slinky? And he, you know what happened? I happened to have in the house, I happened to have a slinky. And so give it up for the slinky, ladies and gentlemen. An underrated toy if there ever was one. So it's, it's possible to try to describe, this is what you do with a slinky, by the way. Um, it's possible to try to describe to a five-year-old what a slinky is. Well, it's kind of like a circle is what it is, but it's a, it's a stretchy circle. But it, no, it's not soft. It's actually quite firm. Um, and it's, it's like a giant metal spiral that you can play with. Doesn't that sound fun, five-year-olds? A giant metal spiral. But the the words don't make it sound fun. But when I handed Daisy, my five-year-old, a slinky, an actual slinky, all of what could have been complex or difficult to understand just vanished away. And she just smiled. (laughs) You know, it immediately made sense. Like, oh, this is a slinky. As we said, we're in our series about uh, who is God right now, and it's divided into three sections, as we believe the Godhead is, mysteriously. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we're in that second section, God the Son, running up through Easter. And last week, uh, Pastor Daniel uh, preached a uh, fine message, helping us meditate on like the reality of the incarnation is what it's called, the, the humanization of God. That's what we believe as Christians. We believe God became a human being for, for 2,000 years. This has actually been the foundational and fundamental claim made about him by his church. Jesus of Nazareth is 100% God and 100% human. That's what we, we believe. The great mystery is that God, 100% God, became 100% human in Jesus. That's what we meditated on last week. And it's really good news because Jesus understands us, is what we talked about. We, we have a high priest who can empathize with us 
who, who does understand us. Jesus knows what it's like. Jesus knows what it's like. God became 100% human, is what we said last week. Like body, soul, personality, desire, like so that God could save 100% of our humanity is where Daniel took us last week. If you missed it, grab the podcast. It's awesome. But tonight, what we need to do at this point is we need to turn the telescope around and look through the other end, as it were. The other side of the coin is what we need to look at. Because Jesus is, he continues to be forever and always 100% human, and Jesus is 100% God. I can remember when I was 20 or 21 years old, I was a coworker of mine at work asked me, uh, genuinely, she asked me, Uh, for a point of clarification on something. Hey, Brett, you've grown up in church. You're a preacher's kid. You've heard a whole lot of sermons. You've been like, whatever. Uh, Christians believe that Jesus is God, right? I'm very proud to say that I said yes. (laughs) Yes, gold star for me. Uh, But in my heart, has anyone ever had this moment? Like, in my heart for a second, the right answer had a little bit of a question mark to it. Yes, Jesus is God. I need to go and make sure I'm telling the right thing. But in my, if my own experience is any guide, um, it's possible to be in and around the church a lot, a lot for decades, and still be fuzzy on the really, really, really important things. And so since we're talking about God, and since we're in a series on it, I want to be as crystal clear. I want to make it slinky simple tonight is what I want to do so that hopefully we can recognize it tonight and the rest of our lives. I want to say it this way tonight. The human, Jesus of Nazareth, is God. God is Christ-like. That's what we want to meditate on for just a couple of minutes tonight. We just read a powerful, profound moment just a second ago in the Gospel of John. Philip's been following Jesus around for years. And finally, like hours before the crucifixion, he blurts out, Could you just show us God? Could you just show us the one you pray to, the one that you call Father? Could you please show him to us. And Jesus' answer is wholly remarkable. He says, if you have seen me, the Father isn't going to surprise you, is what he says. We're the spitting image of each other. Our personality assessments come back the same. Like our Myers-Briggs lines up our Enneagram number. I have a feeling he's a seven. Ha, ha, ha. There's a, but there's an Enneagram joke. Uh, we've got the same values. We've got the same priorities. We've got the same personality. It's, it's not like Jesus is like the wild and crazy hippie of the Trinity. You know, he's constantly bringing home, you know, tax collectors and prostitutes. And the father's over in the corner like, 
rolling his eyes. Oh, man, the sons invited all those sinners over here, and actually one of them had the gall to track some sin in with him. Oh, my gosh, the, the father suddenly roaring. Out, out, my eyes are too pure to look on that evil. I am too holy to have that in my house. We laugh, but we wonder. We wonder. And then Jesus is like talking the father off the ledge, as it were. Like he didn't mean to track, track it, at, you know, on the carpet or anything. It'll come out with a little bit of blood. Don't worry. Uh, a, uh, that's, that's, that's the way it, can, it, it seems to us sometimes, isn't it? Like very often we're worried. We don't talk about it because it's like a worry that's really deep. And we're afraid nobody else is worrying about it. But we all, one sinner to another in the room, we're all worried about it a little bit. Yeah, I really love Jesus, but I'm a little worried about meeting his dad. You know, like, as if Jesus is the nice one, but his father is like unapproachable in the backyard, grumpy and disinterested, you know, drinking the blood of bulls and goats and barbecuing sinners, you know, like that's, that was in my script. That one, that one was, uh, no, if you've seen me, Jesus says, you have seen my father. My father is not going to surprise you. In fact, earlier in the gospel, according to John, Jesus says this. He says in chapter 5, um, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus is saying, everything I do, I learned how to do it. From my dad. I everything I do. I love you. I call you friends. He says in John's gospel. And so does my dad. Like we could say it this way. The son gets every ounce of Christ-like. From his father. That's what God is like. Do you remember. If Jesus would say. Like do you remember. When all of those old men circled around me and that poor half-naked woman and they had caught, yeah, the one caught in adultery and they all had rocks raised and ready to kill us both. And I defended her. The adulteress, I defended, I protected her. I knelt down in the dirt. I wasn't far away from her. I was close. I shamed her accusers. I invited her into a better life. I learned to do that from my dad. Do you remember when I denounced religious hypocrisy? I know which time, right? But like, that's just the way me and my dad are. Like, we just can't stand it when people, you know, cover up hatred with religious language. Like, do you remember when I stood at the grave of dear Lazarus and I wept over the brokenness and pain of the world? I do that because my father does that. One of the reasons that I think that we have a lingering question mark in our minds, um, like when a coworker asks you, is Jesus God? We have a, yes, we have that lingering question mark. I think we've got all these distorted ideas 
about what God is like. We've got a definition of God working in our mind, and it's, we, we push against it, but it kind of is still there. It's like big guy on the throne, we, beard, you know, down here, a barrel of lightning bolts, you know, nearby, ready for smiting, you know. It's like, and then we feel tension because Jesus doesn't look like that picture of God. That's the question mark. Is he? But according to the earliest Christians, like the Gospel of John, this is almost entirely upside down, is what it is. John's Gospel actually opens by saying that the one thing that we know for certain, we know one thing for certain, you can fix your eyes on one thing and count it, it's bedrock, it's, it's like, it is Jesus Jesus is the one thing we know, and we learn about God by looking at Jesus. John's gospel actually opens this way. No one has ever seen God. You don't know what you're talking about with the beard and the barrel of lightning. Nobody's seen him but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. If John is right, and I think he is, but if John's right, then the real approach for all of us, for the rest of our lives, and it's going to take a while to develop the muscle memory on this, but for the rest of our lives, is to, the one approach is to say, okay, There's Jesus right there. Oh man, my picture of God doesn't line up with Jesus. Oh my goodness, like it looks nothing like Jesus. I I must have really been misunderstanding the the scrolls of Moses or the scrolls of the prophets. And and how did he get Morgan Freeman's voice? Like where did did that come into my brain? Like how did that get attached to it? Goodness gracious, I need to do some erasing. I need to do some erasing, and I need to start with Jesus as my foundation. Jesus is 100% God. If we start with the wrong definition of God, then it takes a whole lot of intentional effort, like a lot of muscle memory, to start like correcting, to go back to the slinky for a moment, because I know everyone was missing the slinky. <laughs> it's like, imagine if my daughter heard the word slinky and she immediately associated, oh, it's a toy. And she started trying to um, judge the slinky based on a definition of what it must be. She started saying, okay, the, the slinky's a toy, and based on everything I know, the definition of toy is that it's got batteries and blinking lights. Well, where do the batteries go? <laughs> like, it doesn't have batteries, it's a slinky. Like, yeah, yeah, but what powers the blinking lights? Like, nothing. It doesn't have blinking lights. It's a slinky. Like, but I, but I already know what a toy is. This can't be a toy. Maybe we're starting with the wrong definition then, if this is excluded. Like, if we start with the slinky, we discover that maybe a toy isn't something with batteries and blinking lights. Maybe that's not the definition of a toy. Maybe a toy is like 
Something you do this with. <laughs> you know, you play with. That maybe that's the, what I'm saying is that many of us, I think, are working with the wrong definition when it comes to God. Is what, like, we've gotten our ideas from somewhere else and we're trying to fit Jesus into that. And what we mean by God must be continually reconfigured around Jesus. In Jesus, God defines God for us. God shows up and says, let me tell you what God is. And it is indestructible life, bleeding love on enemies. That's what God is. Indestructible life, bleeding love over everyone, enemies included. I grew up in a tradition where somehow I got the impression that God being like Jesus was like too good to be true because I really liked Jesus. But uh, sure, Jesus showed up sometimes in like some Sunday school lessons, you know, some stories that I heard, but a whole lot of other things got said too that were like a little, like God is immense and high and lofty. He is too, his eyes, we've already alluded to it, his eyes are too pure to look upon sin uh, ripped out of context in the prophets. God is distant and detached, is what it seemed like to me, and hidden away in the holy of holies. And God might just, we tell these stories like we're all going to laugh about it, but God just might strike that high priest dead and we'll have the bell stop ringing, he'll have to pull him out by that rope, like what are we talking about? It's like, if uh, it felt like you've got this great, big, powerful, cranky, violent God, and then you've got this funny story about Jesus kind of awkwardly just kind of attached to it somehow. It, it seemed like a, like a strange side plot, you know, in, in the story of an angry God is what it seemed like. The side plot, as I understood it, um, it did serve a purpose. Killing Jesus is how cranky, violent God could let us get close to him, is the, what I understood, which is not the sort of thing that really makes you fall in love with someone. Like, you know, you know I really couldn't stand you before, but then I decided to kill my kid, so now we're good, you know? Like, We laugh because, because we know this is true. We're like wondering about it in the quiet of our souls. And we're like, oh man, yeah. Like, has anyone else ever been puzzled by this? I, yeah, I have. I'm not, I'm not, tr I'm, what I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant or disrespectful in the way that I'm talking about this. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to name a story that a lot of us have understood in a particular way. And it's a story that is in itself actually a profound misunderstanding about the actual character of God is what I'm trying to name right here. I spent years... Years asking Jesus to come into my heart. Like every night. Like praying the prayer. Like really trying to believe it. Like really trying to mean it. Wanting to make sure that I'm on God's good side. Is like I had this deep fear 
that like I needed to talk God into saving me. You know, that somehow I need to opt in. I need to opt in to God's love. It's like sort of like one of those web pages. Have you ever like where you fill out all the information, all the fields, and it's just so dead. And then you finally click submit, and it's like, wait, there's no green check mark. It's just like, where did the information, did it take it? Like, you guys have been on this website before, right? Like, like you're like, did, did it take? Like, because I've heard the story about, like, backyard father barbecuing sinners. Like, I really need to make sure this information took. And so, and God help me. Like, really God help. Because I don't want, I don't want to be barbecued by God. You know? Like, that, I walked down the aisle shaking and sobbing and I click submit submit and was that it did that do it and so again and again and again you click you click I'm resubmitting the form in the bathtub at night praying the prayer laying in bed at the dead of night like listening is that there was a train that was far away and I always thought it was like Gabriel blowing the horn and like I'd go and check make sure that people I wasn't the only one left in the house anyway praying the prayer I'm trying to persuade God. Will you save me? Ultimately, I think that I'm trying to talk God into liking me. Is what I think it is. And so, and I've sat across from you. I've sat across from so many of you. And I've heard the exact same stories. The details are different, but the same, it's the same story. And so... Let's get slinky simple as we're finishing up tonight about what we know about God from Jesus. We need to say it this way. God's singular and unwavering posture towards you, towards you is affection devoted to your good. He has affect, that is love, affection devoted to, to your good we do not opt in. We wake up. We, it's, it's, it's good news. God is not cranky. God is not violent. God is not hateful. No, when God comes and tells God's own story most clearly to us, when God shows up as a human to show us what God is like, what you get is the life of Jesus. We get someone wading through a crowd of sinners. They're he's not too pure. He's, they're touching him on every side. Like his purity is not keeping him from them. It's actually spilling out into the crowd, stopping our bleeding, making us whole. That's, that's what God is like. God, he sees us withered and hurting, and he tells us, your sins are forgiven, and your future has hope. That's what God is like. God meets us in a graveyard when we're chained and naked and oppressed by evil and committed to breaking our chains is how he arrives, making us whole. That's what God is like. Yeah. Yes, yes, God does. He does sometimes turn over the tables in, in my life, 
is what he does. When I've become hardened to love, especially in the name of religion, but he turns over my tables of hatred so that I'll learn to sit at his table of love. That's the reason he does it. We watch for the rest of your life. You are invited to look at Jesus. The life of Jesus touching, serving, being with, pouring himself out and down and down and down. Further and lower still he goes, humiliating himself until he joins us in the chains. Naked and bleeding and dying in darkness, crying out the human question. Crying out our cry, God, where are you? Jesus is with us even in that is where God is. Jesus, bless, bless his name. This is why we worship him. It's not out of fear of being smote. It's out of gratitude that God has joined us even in our place of questioning, even in our places of confusion, even in our places of doubt. And then, this is the great mystery, Jesus joins us in death itself, in oblivion. I will go even there with you. There is no place where I will not chase you down in divine love. And once I catch you, you are going to be alive like me. You will live. You, my, my, my sister, you will live. My brother, you will live. And Jesus learned every bit of this from his father. So hear the gospel, my friends. Hear the good news. Jesus really is God. God really is like Jesus. It's not too good to be true. God's love is not a faucet that we turn on. It's a waterfall that we're all living under every single day. You don't opt into it. You just wake up and you open your mouth and it fills, your, it fills you up and quenches your thirst. How do we know this? Because we look at Jesus and when we see him, we see the Father. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, it's really good news that we don't want to be hyped about in a moment. We want your Spirit to come and transform our lives with this good news. We want to be lovers like you. And so make us like that, we ask and we pray. I invite you to stand. Pastor Daniel's coming and he's going to lead in communion. I want to pray for those of you who have been terrified of God. That you've been terrified of God. Lord Jesus Christ, fill up my brothers and sisters field of vision. May they only see the sun and know that when they see the sun, there's no surprises left in the Father. I ask that you would break chains of fear that have been chafing the souls of my brothers and sisters. Free them tonight. And I want to pray for those of us who are in confusion tonight 
who don't understand God. It is so hard and darkness, like just dark, it, it blocks the sun at midday. And we cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And help my brothers and sisters know who are hurting tonight that you are closer than their next breath. That the silence that they hear is not your absence. It is your presence. May it grant them peace tonight. Mysteriously, somehow, by the power of your spirit working grace into us. We love you. Thank you for being so, so good. Amen. You get your communion elements ready to receive. And if you don't have communion elements, just raise your hand. Our team will come quickly to you. I sense the holiness of the Lord. I sense the tenderness of the Spirit. I, it feels like I'm standing on holy ground, this, this word that he just preached. And what is God like right before he dies? <laughs> He's hospitable. I don't know if I'll ever get over it. Hours before he's crushed. He's feeding someone who's got 30 pieces of silver in his pocket. Who just sold Jesus off to death. Yeah, come on in, Judas. He's feeding Peter. Yeah, I know. We're going to have a tough night. Three times before the rooster crows, you're going to eat. You say you don't even know me. It's okay. You hungry? What? I would never do that to you. And you would never do that to me. Except for the spirit of Jesus changing us. And so Jesus on the night he was betrayed shows us what God is like under duress. <laughs> He's hospitable. He gives everything. This is my body, which is broken for you. It's broken for you. And we need his broken body tonight. This cup is the new covenant given in my blood, and it's given for the remission of all of your sins. As often as you do this, remember, we need this cup tonight. We need this forgiveness tonight. We need the mercy of the merciful God tonight. And friends, the good news is we have it. So Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. I don't know anyone else like you. I don't know where this story has ever played out ever again. It's, it's just you. So tonight I pray, Lord, that you would feed us. I pray for those who are hungry that they would go home satisfied tonight. I pray for those who are thirsty for renewal and for forgiveness and for a fresh start, that they would go home satiated tonight. Friends, Jesus is for you, which means God the Father is for you. He can't be against you.
So church tonight, you can take the bread. Jesus says, this is my body broken for you. You may receive from Jesus. And as you drink this cup, all your sins have been washed away by the goodness of Jesus. You're clean tonight. Let's drink. And now let's worship the Lord Jesus.
sing here in just a minute, but Lisa felt like she had a word from the Lord to share, and we'll pray over it. So, Lisa? No, I just, as we were worshiping, I thought, I kept hearing the word weary, and I thought, there's a lot of people in here that are really tired, and I thought about, you know, it's like the waves keep coming, and you just barely get your head up, and you think, I'm trying to catch my breath, and I thought, we need to pray about water's being calmed and that people feel just like that buoyancy again and like I'm not just barely keeping my head up but that it's there as Brett was talking it's like he's good he's for us he wants us thriving and it's there are seasons of course where we feel like we can barely keep our head up and I just thought let's pray for calm waters let's pray for encouragement let's pray for a breath a deep breath not just those short little breaths but like that deep 
deep breath of fresh air. So I thought if there's, if, if you're bold enough, I hope this doesn't feel like a downer way to end, but I thought let's raise our hands, pray for people around us who say, I need a deep breath. I need calm waters to come around me. So circle them up, reach, find the people near you that are, there's people that need to be encouraged. This is what we're here for. Let's encourage each other. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that you know right where we're at. Thank you that you know exactly what we need. So Lord, we pray peace be still over the rough waters, over the waters in our lives that feel like we can't get a deep breath. Lord, I pray peace over our minds. I pray pray peace over our bodies. I pray peace over our spirit, Lord, and our sleep at night. I pray deep, peaceful sleep where people have been fighting to go to sleep and to rest. I pray for good dreams and visions as they're resting, Lord. I pray that you'll just whisper into our ears as we're sleeping and as we're resting, Lord. So, Lord, I pray encouragement, encouragement in our homes, over our marriages, over our jobs, over the difficult situations we might be navigating. Those, those of us who feel like, man, the hits keep coming. I need a break. So, Lord, we pray peace. And we speak to all fear. Jesus, you said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So we bind fear right now in Jesus' name. Debilitating, crippling fear, the stuff that would take you over and cause you to be tanked and to quit and to throw in the towel. We rebuke it, we bind it in Jesus' name. And Jesus, you said whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we loose faith. We lose confidence. We lose boldness. We lose power from the Spirit. We lose joy in this room. (laughs) The joy of the Lord will be your strength. God is with you and you will not fall. You will not crumble. You are not coming to an end right now. So we lose confidence and strength and boldness in Jesus' name for the people of God. I pray for those who came in weary that they would go out strong. For those who came in afraid, they would go out with peace. For those who came in perplexed, I pray that they would go home sensing God is with us. So Lord, we pray, change it tonight. Change the story tonight for your people. Let's sing, oh, praise the name of the Lord. Come on, church.
What a beautiful night in the house of the Lord together. Can we say thank you to Pastor Brett Davis for that beautiful sermon? My pastor growing up when I was a, a young guy, he would, he would look at me and I'd be getting up to go speak and he'd say, go preach him happy. And Brett, you preached us happy tonight. It was, it was a gospel word. Uh, be praying with us about that legacy offering April 8th coming up. Whatever the Lord speaks to you, great. And we'll have one at the end of the year as well. So if, if this is just planning for the end of the year, that's great. We're trusting the Lord for a miracle among us to be debt-free. So just even carry, if you would just carry that with us in prayer, I would be thrilled. So whatever the Lord speaks, but just at least we can all pray about that together, that God would do a miracle in 2022, debt-free at New Life Church in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now would you open your hands as you prepare to go. I speak the blessing of God Almighty over you. The God who is like Jesus. The God who is for you. And I pray you would know that down in your bones. I pray that you would carry that in your psyche. That your soul would be secure because you know God is for you. I pray may the Lord our God bless you. And may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his bright, smiling countenance upon you and all of your people. And may he grant you peace tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. One more time, let's give God thanks for what he's done here tonight. Our prayer team is coming down front. Uh, we would love to pray with any of you if you have any focused prayer needs. If you're new, come see us at Guest Central in the back. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.